But today, uh, what, what I want to talk about is, um, honestly, I think it's one of the most important messages that, that I'll ever preach. Um, and it's one that, that's very difficult for many people to, to hear and to believe uh, about themselves. And, and, and we're in week two of a series called Amen. Um, and these are actually four things that we talked about uh, during COVID. So if it sounds familiar to you, um, it's because it is. Uh, right after COVID hit in 2020, uh, we did this series. We were shut down. It was all online. Uh, and I said, you know what? I, this is so important uh, that I think that we need to hear this again. As the church is beginning to grow and build back up, I thought this series uh, was great. What does God say about you? And last week, Todd looked at, I'm invited. That, that, that I, I'm, I'm invited. And in all four weeks, we're going to talk about this, I'm in. And, and each, each one's going to begin with the letters I in. And so I'm invited today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, I'm invaluable. Someone say invaluable. Yeah, next week, I'll tell you where we're going. We're going to say I'm influential. Say influential. And then in week four, uh, I hope and pray that you're going to see that you are invested. Say invested in God's work. And now just to be really clear about today, invaluable does not mean not valuable. Like it's the opposite. It means that you are, are uniquely valuable to God, that you, you are valuable just because you are you. You're a child of God. Like, you're invaluable. Jesus told a story, a parable about a shepherd who had a, a hundred sheep, and the story goes that one of them uh, wandered off, and the shepherd loved that one so much that he left the 99 to go after the one. That sheep was valuable to the shepherd. Uh, think about it this way. Say you have, um, say I had 100 watches. I got a watch on today. Say I had 100 of these. If I lost one, like, I wouldn't care that much because I got 99 more. But, but we're not a watch. You are a child of God. If I lost one of my children and said, hey, well, like, where's Jayla? Like, I can't find Jayla. Like, I got two others who really cares. I would like to think I would never do that because all of my children are valuable to me. Like all of my children are, are really loved with all of my heart. And you are valuable to God because you are his child. Because he created you. He made you. And you're not just invaluable because of who you are as a child of God, but you're also valuable because you were created with a purpose. You were created with a purpose and for a purpose. You were created to make a difference in, in God's kingdom, in God's church. And the reason this, this message is so difficult for so many people to believe is because when we look at the church and we look at everything that everybody else does, we often feel like we're not good enough or talented enough or spiritual enough or smart enough to make a difference. When we look at everybody else and see how credible and incredible they are, like the worship team or, or, or whatever, and we look at somebody and they can pray and they're really good and they're quote, quoting scripture in their prayers. They pray prayers that are like, even God's like, hey, that's a good prayer. Like, and then we, we hear that and we see those things and we're just filled with insecurity. And we don't think in, uh, much about ourselves and like, we know the mistakes that we've made and, and there's bigger mistakes ahead and then there, there's a lie that's told to us and we begin to believe it that when it comes to the church is, that it, is this, that if I weren't here, it really wouldn't matter that much. If I wasn't here and I wasn't doing my little part, it wouldn't be missed. 
And my prayer is that you will see that you are invaluable to the work of God. You are uniquely prepared with, with divine gifts, with passions, with talents. Like when God created you, he put you in this moment in history because it's the time that you could best bring glory to him. You are invaluable to God's work and to God's kingdom. In fact, I want to show you today a metaphor that, that the apostle Paul used uh, a couple of different times. But he was talking to the church at Corinth here, and they would have felt like many of us. Many of the Christians in Corinth weren't born of, of noble birth. They, uh, most of them actually came out of slavery. Uh, they weren't very educated. They, they weren't born with a, a silver spoon in their mouth. So many of them probably felt insecure about their ability to make a difference. And Paul gave them this metaphor, and he compared the church or God's people to a human body. And this is what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. He said, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. The human, the human body has many parts. You've got an ear, and you've got eyes, and you've got a nose, and, and you've got a mouth, and you've got hands, and you've got a thumb, and you've got uh, an elbow, you've got a knee. Like Amelia and I, my granddaughter, she's just, just about two. Like we sing head, shoulders, knees, and toes all the time. Like the human body has many different parts, and all of those parts make up one body. And he, Paul was comparing the parts of the body uh, to being parts of this, of this family or this body of Christ. And I want to try to explain it this way. We're going to play a game just for fun, and I'd love for you to play along. I know it's church, and like you don't like to have any fun at church, but we're going to try today. I'm going to show you a photo of some animals. And I'm going, to kind of, I'm going to tell you what they are, and then I'm going to ask you what's a group of these called. So let's go ahead and start. We'll start with the first one here. It's an elephant. Anybody know what a group of elephants is called? A herd, right, a, a herd of elephants. Um, we'll look at another animal, uh, a group of lions. What's a group of lions called? A pride, right, very good. Um, so let's take a look at another one just for, for fun, uh, a group of cheetahs. Anybody know what? Cheaters? Not Not cheaters. Um, or Cheetos, a group of cheetahs, it's called a coalition, a coalition of cheetahs, all right, the next one, a group of donkeys, now this is church, so be careful with the answer to this one, <laughs> like what would a group of donkeys be called, <laughs> a group of donkeys is called a pace, a pace of donkeys, all right, let's look at another one, a crow, a murder of crows, like that sounds like a, a horrible, scary uh, movie. Like there's nothing good about a murder of crows. All right, the, the last one, vultures. What's a group of vultures called? A group of vultures is actually called a committee of vultures. Why do we not have committees that vote on things at KCC? It's because we're not going to have a bunch of vultures flying around everywhere, Okay. But what do we see about this? Each animal on its own has one name. But when a group of animals come together, they take on a new identity. But let that sink in. A single animal has one name, but a group together takes on a new identity. What do you call a person who has submitted their life to Jesus Christ? You call them a Christian or, or a follower of Christ or, or a disciple. But what do you call a group of Christians when they gather together to worship God empowered by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in this world? The church. 
Paul would call them the body of Christ. Like on your own, you're just a disciple. You're, you're just a Christian. But when you gather together with other believers, you take on a new identity, and you are his body. In other words, you are his hands when, when you serve people in his name. You are his feet when you take the message of the gospel in the places it's never been before. You are his mouth when, when you lift others up with goodness and, and encouragement. You are his heart when you express love for people who are hurting or, or who are far from God. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. Anytime your enemy tells you that you're not important, that you're not good enough, you just step back and say, no, my God created me. He sent his son for me. His spirit lives within me. I am an invaluable part of the body of Christ. And what I hope you'll understand and embrace is this, that every part of the body matters. Every part. And it's almost as if the Apostle Paul, when he was writing this, he could sense the reality that some people might feel like I'm not that important or what I do doesn't matter. If I weren't there, it wouldn't really make that big of a difference. Because look at what he wrote. And this is verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he's using that metaphor of the body. He says this, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. So the foot should say, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. That doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, stop for a minute and just think about that. That's right, yeah, if you're not laughing, you're not doing it right because that's funny. But if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell something? Every part of the body matters. And I love this portion of scripture because we often feel like my part doesn't matter. My part doesn't make that big of a difference. And I love the way Paul contrasted the eye to the ear. Because you know, if you're an ear, you might get jealous of the eye. Think about it. How much attention the eye gets and how overlooked the ear is. Like eyes get all the attention. No one has ever had an ear-to-ear conversation. Right? No one has ever lovingly glared into someone's ear. And if they do, you should probably break up with that person because they're weird. But think about the movies you've seen. Like you've never seen The Hills Have Ears. Or uh, for, for your ears only. Think about this. Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. Like I've got bedroom ears. Like I've got stars in my ears. Like, I could do this all day. Oh, this is a lot of fun. Like, you're the apple of my ears. Um, like, the ear could easily say, I'm not that important. But if the ear said it and there was no ear, then there'd be nobody to hear it. Every part of the body matters. Every part. Your part, your role, your presence, your voice, your opinion, your contribution, it all matters in the family of God. That's what Paul said. He'd go on to say in verse 22, he said, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Those that other people overlook, those that may not get any airtime, those that, that aren't on the stage and, and most visible, they're often the most necessary parts of the body. Listen to me, all of us together, all of you together, we are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You know, I was looking at parts of the body that get overlooked and get less airtime. Kind of like the hand. Like the thumb gets a lot of attention. Like you can play thumb games and thumb wrestle. The, the pointer finger, like a lot of attention. 
the middle finger, and I'm not going to show it to you, but you know what the middle finger gets. Like it, it has plenty of uses. Most of them are not for the glory of God. And then there's the ring finger, and that gets a lot of attention. But the poor little pinky, like, what's he, like he gets wee, wee, wee all the way home. Like I, no attention at all. But did you know that 50% of your hand strength actually comes from your pinky? The part that no one ever actually talks about creates 50% of your hand strength. There's another little part, the, the uvula, the little dangly thing in the back of your throat. Like that little thing over a lifetime will create about enough saliva to fill up two entire swimming pools. Right? It doesn't get much play, but if you need to go swim and just introduce the uvula into the mix of things. Like, like I don't know anybody who'd say, hey, if I'm choosing body parts, I want to be the armpit hair. Like, okay? Like, like, if you want armpit hair, you're like, you're probably staring lovingly into someone's ear. Like, you're weird. But the armpit hair actually diffuses your odor to make you more naturally attractive to a potential mate. Like, your part of the body matters. And it's often the parts that are least visible that are, that are likely the most important in, in the body. And, and I hope you'll understand this. Just because what you do may not be visible doesn't mean that it's not important. Just because other people don't see it or don't know about it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to God. You may be an invisible prayer warrior, and you may spend tons of time seeking God and praying for people, and, and week after week, we're seeing lives changed. People say, like, people are accepting Jesus, and that's because what you're doing behind the scenes and praying for people. You may do something simple as to help someone feel loved, Smile at someone. Pick up a piece of trash. It may not be incredibly visible, but it's incredibly important. So often, some of the most important things that happen are actually the parts of the body that are least celebrated and least visible. Listen, other people may not ever know what your gift does. They might not ever know that you prayed for them. Like, you may never know the investment in a teenager, a youth group, um, when, you're, when you're volunteering does. You may never know what that, that one smile does to someone who, who walked into church maybe for the first time in a long time, and they're, they're scared, and they're no, nervous, and that smile is the thing that's going to bring them back again next week. Just because what you do isn't visible doesn't mean it isn't important. You are invaluable to the work of God. You're intrinsically valuable because of, of who you are as God's child, but also you're practically valuable because you have gifts and talents and abilities. You're part of the body of Christ. The church is incomplete without your contribution. You are called by God. You are chosen by God. You are capable to do exactly what God has created you to do. You are a part of his body. Think about this. Have you ever been asleep at night and maybe you laid on your arm the wrong way or something and you wake up and, and your hand is numb like it's fallen asleep like in, and like you can't even hardly move it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It happens to me all the time. You think by the time I'm 46, I'd learn how to sleep. But, but it's dormant. Like, it's useless a while until it wakes up. Can I just say that, like, you are part of the body of Christ, but if you're not using the gifts that God has given you, you've gone to sleep, that part of the body is now useless. If you're not living out your divine calling, that your function, your role, your part, your position... Like, you've got something unique to offer that no one else does. And if you're not using it, 
It's useless. It's asleep. Wake up. You're an invaluable part. You've got something unique to offer that no one else does. Your contribution, your one part of the body, if it's asleep, you know what happens? The rest of the body has to work harder. Others are putting more in because you're not doing your role. Something that God wants to be done isn't being done because you've fallen asleep. Somebody that God wants to reach is not going to be reached because you're not doing your part. Somebody that God wants to hear the gospel may not hear the gospel because part of the body has fallen asleep. Wake up, church. Wake up. Feel this. Like, I, I want you to feel it. This church, like, it's not a building that we go to. It's not an institution that we're a part of. We are the living body of Christ. We are the church. We don't come to church to have our needs met. We are the church of Jesus Christ that was designed to meet the needs of the people of this world. That's what we do. That's who we are. You are an invaluable part of the body of Christ. You may say, well, but, but I'm messed up. I, I don't know enough. My life has so many dark spots in it. You don't know about my past. Listen, your past does not disqualify you from being used by God. So often your past actually prepares you for what God is calling you to do. You've been prepared, whatever you've been through. I've heard so many people say, oh, I've been divorced, I'm disqualified. Actually, no, you're not. You're, you're prepared. You're better prepared to help people heal through the darkest moments of their life. You're better prepared to show people how to rebuild a life that they thought was, was over. But, but I was an addict. I struggle. I still have doubts. I, I don't know enough. Listen, if you know the grace of Jesus Christ that can save you and you know how to love somebody, you are prepared to be a part of God's body. Your contribution matters. And if you're still in progress, you're even better prepared. We get, often get so in, intimidated by who we call the perfect spiritual people. They come in and they're like, everything floats when they walk in the room. Listen, if things don't float when you come into a room, you're prepared to make a difference. Like, what, what do you think? What do you think could happen if every part of the body engaged in ministry? What do you think could be different in our communities if we saw our part of the body of Christ as invaluable to the work of God? Feel it. Let, let it sink in. Your presence matters. Your presence matters. So it wouldn't matter if I came to church or not. Again, I got three kids. We have family night and one kid doesn't show up. It's incomplete. We still have fun. I have three kids, one son-in-law, one grandkid. If the son-in-law doesn't show up, the family's not complete. Your presence today matters to the heart of God. You are part of his family. You are part of his body. Your story matters. Your gifts matter. Your talent matters. What do you think would be possible if all of us stepped up and used what we were uniquely created to use? Be the part of, body, the, part of the body that God called us to be. And I'll tell you what's been possible with a few people. With a few people, we're able to deliver about 150 meals a week. And honestly, that's about the limit with, the, with a few people that we have volunteering. 
What if it was more? How many more meals could we deliver? Ken Monday Food Pantry serves about 120 families a month, which is awesome. But think about what it could be. We've had the, the giveaway, and uh, a few people worked their tails off, and, and it turned out amazing. Thank you to, to the ladies who, who worked in that. Reach people. What if there was more? I was just in Costa Rica, and that was something that Shannon and I started seven years ago. Uh, since then, in Pecora, like we've, we've been able to build three facilities. We finished the church that was, was started there when we got there. We built a, a feeding center. We built a kitchen, and and we just started working on a, a classroom to open up a daycare five days a week. Um, and by the way, Wayne went with me for the, for the first time. Um, I mean, he worked so hard. Like he, and, I, and I've said this now twice, but, but he's old. And, <laughs> but, but I want to tell you how hard he worked. We were moving, we were moving these big rocks one day with, with wheelbarrows. Like, and I'm worn out, and I'm like, I can't take a break till Wayne does. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was just begging for him to just sit down and take a break. Like, he worked so hard. And the body of Christ down there, like, like they've had some rough years with pastors and different things that have happened. But what could happen if more people got involved? Think about the impact that we could have all over the world. People who, who need clean water and have no access to it and they're hungry, if the church would just step up, we could meet that need easy. There should never be a hungry person in the world if the church would just step up. Those, those who are sick, like we could give them a $2 shot that would prevent a disease that might take their life. Think of what's possible. Think of what's possible if you would realize and recognize that you matter to God and that he has given you gifts, he's given you talents, and that, that you're valuable to him just because you are. But you're also invaluable to, to the body of Christ. To the church isn't a place you go. The church is who you are. You are his hands, his feet. You might be his elbow. You might be the uvula. You might be the pinky. I don't know. But your role is incredibly important. But if you're not engaged, if you're not expressing and, and offering the neat, unique value for which you were created, if you're asleep, dormant, paralyzed, then something that our God wants to be done in this world is not yet being done. Because you were uniquely created by God to bring value, to offer life. And every time you give, listen, it may not be much, but your gift matters. Every time you pray, you may not feel like anything's happening, but God's working behind the scenes to, to, to bring about that answer. Every time you gather to worship with others, even when you don't feel like it, believe me, it matters to the heart of God. And it matters to you and to other parts of the family, because every part of the body needs the other part. You have no idea how much Jennifer and I need, uh, need you. You have no idea how much your prayers carry us. Uh, someone last week sent a note of encouragement. I was in Costa Rica, and, and Donna took a picture of it and sent it to me in Costa Rica. Like, I lived on that note all week. I let it sink into my soul. Like, uh, two Sundays ago, someone come up to me in the hallway and said, man, I just want to thank you. Because of this church, like, my family is, 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 is becoming Christians. You have no idea what that means to me. And here's what I promise you, with everything that's in me, I'm going to do my part. I'm gonna do everything I can. And here's what I need from you. I need with everything in you, you do your part. 
Every part is equally important to the family of God. What I do is no more important than what you do. And when we all do our parts, listen, people are gonna look on and say, and not say, what church? You know, that's one of the questions I always ask myself, is if the church in Ken Monday disappeared with the community notice, people are gonna look on and they're not gonna say, what church? They're gonna say, oh, the church? Oh my goodness, this, this, this place is different because of the church of Jesus is here. This community is, is better because the church is meeting needs. The church is showing love. The church is the body of Christ, and you are an invaluable part of the body. And today I want to show you how valuable you are. You know, Jesus told another parable uh, one time, and if you have communion, you can go ahead and get that ready, and uh, it should be in the chairs in front of you. If online, you can get whatever you need to get ready for communion, some bread, some juice for that. But Jesus told a story, a parable, and it's often used, I think, in the wrong way. I even used it in the wrong way. I mean, it works, and it's true that way. And I actually used it in a Heaven series a week or a couple weeks ago. He tells a story about a man who finds a treasure in a field. And when he finds the treasure, he goes back home and sells everything that he has to purchase that land. And we often use that, I used it a couple weeks ago, to refer to like when you find Jesus, you should be willing to sell out for it. And that's true. And that works. But I think what Jesus was doing when he was talking to a bunch of Pharisees, a bunch of Sadducees, and a bunch of, a bunch of no good people really, I think he was telling his story, that when he looked from heaven and he saw how valuable we were, how valuable you were, he was willing to give up everything so that he could have a relationship with you. He was willing to suffer and die so that you could be part of his family. That's how valuable you are, that the Son of God was willing to leave the glory of heaven to come to earth and to die so that he might have a relationship with you. And we get to celebrate that every week as a reminder, not only what Jesus did for us, but a reminder of our value, a reminder of our worth. Because as Jesus was hanging on the cross, he would say, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're invaluable to what I have. So I'm gonna ask you to take back that first layer that represents the body of Christ. Today I'm just gonna ask you to take that. We'll peel back that second layer that, that rep, that's the, the juice that represents the blood. But Jesus knew that part before he ever came down. He, he knew what it was gonna cost him to save us. It, it didn't catch him by surprise. Like he knew, because from the very beginning, from the first sin, from the first act of, of rebellion, it took blood to cover it. And he knew in order to make us right with God that he would have to spill his blood. That's how valuable you are. Let's drink together.
want to ask you to stand today. I just want to close us in prayer. And my prayer is, as the, the band leads us in this last song, that one, you would see how, how valuable you are. And that you'd really begin to ask yourself and, and ponder, what has God created me to do? What talents, what gifts, what abilities has he given me that I can use in the kingdom? And it doesn't matter how small. Because the smallest things, the weakest things, are often the most valuable things. And the second thing I want to do today is offer an invitation. I want to invite you. If you've never accepted Christ, if you've never accepted what he did on the cross, maybe, maybe you've been thinking about it, maybe it's something that, that has crossed your mind, you thought, I'm not good enough, I'm, I'm too bad. Listen, it took his body and his blood for every one of us. You haven't done too much. You haven't gone too far. He still invites you because he knows your value. If you need to make that decision today, I want to give you that opportunity as well. Father God, we thank you today that you've created us with a purpose and for a purpose. Father, I get so excited about the, the, the possibilities that, that I can dream and think about when everybody begins to use their gift. And when it's, when it's not just about me, or it's not just about the, the great worship team that we have, or, or, or the great volunteers that we have, because you've called all of us. Everyone in this room, everybody watching online, you've called and, and chosen and gifted every one of us to use our gifts and abilities and talents for your kingdom. So Lord, I pray today that you would help us to see that whatever it is that we do, whatever you've called us to do, that it matters. And it doesn't matter in, in just a small way. It matters like parts of our body shutting down. Every part matters. And Lord, I pray for those who, who maybe feel like they're too far gone or they're too far away from you to, to, to be of any use in your kingdom. Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would just prompt them to know that they are invaluable. That Jesus Christ went to the cross with us on his mind, knowing that one day we could make a difference in his kingdom. It's in his name that I pray.